it's good to be here back at Cornerstone Baptist once again. It's probably been two or three years, I think, since I was here last. And uh, uh, Pastor Rice is down in Calgary, and he asked if I would be willing to come and fill in for him. Uh, Pastor Rice, he's told me that he does not like to be out of his pulpit. And uh, only uh, once or twice a year, he will accept an invitation from another church. And uh, so we're glad to be able to uh, be here today. Uh, I'd like to bring a message, a lesson from the Bible on the porters, the overlooked servants of the Bible. You've probably likely never did a study on the porters nor heard much about them. And uh, so I would like to uh, teach you what the Bible has to uh, say about the porters, and uh, then we can uh, make some applications for us as a New Testament church about the porters. Uh, so let's have prayer today. Now, Father, thank you for the opportunity to be here. Thank you for these dear folks. And uh, I pray that, Lord, you'd bless your word as we open it. We pray that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher. And we pray that you'd work in our lives and help us, Lord, to see what we can do to be a blessing to your work and to cause your work to further. I pray that you'd be with Pastor Rice as he is away and use him uh, down there in Calgary, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 26. 1 Chronicles, chapter 26. In uh, the book of 1 Chronicles and 2 Chronicles, you have a lot of list given, a lot of genealogies. And if you're like the typical person, if you're like me, how I used to be anyway, uh, when you get to 1 and 2 Chronicles, you kind of yawn. And you say, oh, uh, do I really need to pay really careful attention to all these names and all these numbers? And uh, uh, what I've found is in First and Second Chronicles, there's a lot of treasures that are hid among all those names and among all those numbers. And uh, it would be very beneficial to you the next time you read through First and Second Chronicles for your scripture reading. First of all, don't oh, pass it up, uh, but uh, try to... Uh, make some special sense. Ask the Lord to give you some truth from these passages of Scripture. And there's uh, many treasures to uh, be uncovered. Now, in the uh, book of First Chronicles, then chapter 26, we have in verse number one, it says, concerning the divisions of the porters. And then it mentions the family of the Korhites, and uh, Mishalmiah, the son of Cori, the son of Asaph. And then it will go through and list all the different porters according to their lineage. Now, 
Who were these porters? And what did they do? And then what kind of application can we draw from this passage of Scripture for our lives? Well, let me, uh, first of all, define the word. A port is an entrance, an opening, such as a a door, a gate, or a harbor. And a porter would watch the door. He would open the gate, or he would carry items in transport. Now, porter is not a term that we use widely today, uh, but if you stay at a fancy hotel, they may have a person called a porter. Uh, Or if you ride on a passenger train, they will have a porter who carries your luggage. But uh, porter is not something that is an occupation. People don't put it down on their job application. Uh, I'm a porter. Uh, But porters were some of the Levites. And uh, of the 12 tribes of Israel, there was the tribe of Levi. Levi was a tribe that was given special responsibility of the service of God. They did not receive a land inheritance, but rather they received the Lord as their inheritance. They received the privilege of serving God. And so the Lord says, you're not going to get a, uh, a portion of land, but you get my service. And being a preacher, I would say, you know, that's the greatest inheritance you actually could have, is to be able to have the privilege to serve the Lord, uh, to be in his service. And uh, when a man is called into the ministry, uh, it is a special calling. Uh, It is a calling that he has for life. And it is a calling that he must uh, take heed to fulfill faithfully. Now, so these porters were Levites, one of the 12 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, the Levites, they were to be supported with the tithes and the offerings of God's people. Uh, And when God's people were faithful, they would be well supported. Uh, But when God's people were not faithful, then the Levites starved and did without. And oftentimes found that they had to abandon their post just to try to go and scrape out a living. Now, of the tribe of Levi, they were divided into three families. You had the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Mariites. Uh, These were the uh, three different families. Now, you're most familiar probably with the Levites that were involved in the priesthood. Uh, They were the ones that would slay the sacrifices and offer them up. Uh, They were the ones that uh, were involved in the day-to-day Um, operation of the temple and the tabernacle. Other uh, Levites, they had a special job of being singers. Uh, Others had the job of being teachers. But the porters, they were a group of Levites who had the job of taking care of the operation of the temple. 
And I want you to uh, learn with me about these Levites. Now, the and especially about the porters. The porters, they could be made up of any of these three families of the tribe of Levi. Um, and uh, uh, a Levite, he would begin his service at age 25 after being trained, and he would uh, continue till he was 50 years of age. Then he went into retirement. Now, you think about that, that's only 25 years. If you were uh, a Levite in the priesthood, you only started when you were 30, and you retired when you were 50. A 20-year service, <laughs> that's not a very long time. And uh, most men, most preachers, you feel like when you're 50 years old, I'm just reaching my prime. Uh, I'm just really now getting started well. And, uh, but they didn't uh, get out of the ministry. Rather, they would be there to assist and to mentor the younger Levites coming up. David numbered 38,000 Levites in the book of 1 Chronicles chapter 23. If you go back just a couple of chapters, 1 Chronicles chapter 23, and uh, if you... Uh, Look at verse number three. It says, Now the Levites were numbered from the age 30 years and upward by the number of their poles. The, the word poles means heads. Man by man was 30 and 8,000. Now concerning the porters, we read that there were uh, 4,000 porters. Go to verse five. Moreover, 4,000 were porters. 4,000 praised the Lord with instruments. They were musicians, uh, which I made, said David, to praise therewith. And so they were divided into the various groupings according to their age and uh, according uh, to their various responsibility. And so the Levites, they could serve as priests, teachers, officers, judges, scribes. Remember uh, Ezra the scribe? He was a Levite. Uh, and he was a teaching uh, scribe. Uh, he taught the word of God. And uh, then uh, they could also be musicians and porters. The Hebrew word for porter is shawar, which means a doorkeeper or custodian. Uh, as you read the Bible, you'll see that the name porter occurs 39 times. 37 of them in the Old Testament and two in the New Testament. Now, let's uh, think about these porters. And so you're going to come across, again, that uh, name in the Bible uh, 39 times. Well, who were they and what did they do? Well, the porters were primarily gatekeepers and doorkeepers for the tabernacle and the city of Jerusalem. If you go back to 1 Chronicles chapter 9 and verse 17, go back in your Bible just a few chapters to chapter 9. And uh, verse 17, we read the porters were, and then it lists uh, some of the porters, uh, Shalem, Echab, Talmon, Ahin, man, 
uh, and their brethren. Shalem was chief. Uh, of all the 4,000 porters, they were divided into groups. They'd have leadership. It was a very orderly group of men. And it says, who hitherto waited in the king's gate eastward. They were porters in the companies of the children of Levi. And then it goes and talks about other porters and what they did. Uh, they primarily would keep the gates or the doors. Uh, now, Jerusalem was a walled city, like many uh, cities. And at every uh, place around the city, uh, Jerusalem had uh, 12 gates, we're told. Uh, there would be porters, uh, porters who were responsible for opening and closing the gates. If somebody should come in, they opened the gate. If somebody should stay out, they left it closed. Also in the temple, there were doors, and the porters would open and close the doors. Now, you could imagine that a porter would be something like a greeter, uh, when we came into the church building today, there was a man who opened the door for us. And uh, uh, he was kind of like a porter. Uh, now, uh, oftentimes, uh, a doorkeeper or a gatekeeper will double as security. Uh, they want to allow the good people to come in, the people that have a right to be there, and those who should not be, uh, they will not allow them entrance and so uh, these uh, this is the first thing that I want you to see uh, when needed they would provide security in uh, Second Chronicles 23:19, when we have uh, the expulsion of Athaliah the wicked queen uh, from Jerusalem and the sitting up of the new king. Uh, they uh, signed porters. It says uh, there in Second uh, Chronicles 23, 19, uh, and he set the porters at the gates of the house of the Lord that none which was unclean in anything should enter therein. And so they were to keep Athaliah and anybody who was loyal to her out as this new king was being anointed. And uh, then when it was time to uh, uh, execute her because of her wickedness, uh, they were to make sure that she was taken outside and uh, properly uh, done, that the temple would not be defiled. The porters, they would take turns when they would serve. Uh, back in uh, chapter 26, verses 12 through 19, as you look at the list of the porters, you uh, see that they had a particular uh, order or course. Uh, and like many of the Levites, uh, you were not there 24-7, but that you had a course. Like you may be two weeks on and two weeks off or something like that. They would take turns. Remember uh, John the Baptist, his father, uh, he was in the temple serving when it was his course, when it was his turn to serve. And so they took turns. Now, another important job that the porters did is they were in charge of the treasuries 
of the house of God. If you uh, look at, uh, for instance, uh, 1 Chronicles 9, verse 26, you get opportunity to turn to several passages this morning. Oh, by the way, if somebody did not get a set of notes, uh, I was supposed to ask, raise your hand and uh, one of the men will pass you out. Anybody need some notes here? Okay. Just keep your hand up till one of the uh, men gets you a copy there. Okay. Our first Scranco is 9 and verse number 26. We read here. For the Levites, the four chief porters, were in their set offices were over the chambers and treasuries of the house of God. Now, with the temple, there were storehouses. This is where they would keep the various utensils as well as the various things that were needed for sacrifice and for service. And the porters were in charge of the storehouses. Uh, They would make sure that everything was securely kept And they would bring it back and forth as need required. And so they kept the gates. They watched the doors. uh, They maintained the storehouse there of the temple. Uh, Also in uh, chapter 26, verse 20 through 28, you see more about the treasuries of the house of God. Don't have time to look up every single verse and read them in its entirety, but you're welcome to do that. Now, also these porters, they were responsible for transporting, as I mentioned. We will look at that. First uh, Chronicles chapter 9, verses 27, and, uh, 27 through 29. First Chronicles chapter 9. Verses 27 through 29. It says, And they, that supporters, lodged round about the house of God because the charge was upon them, and the opening thereof every morning pertained to them. And certain of them had the charge of the ministering vessels that they should bring them in and out by tail. The word tail here refers to number or count. And so they kept a very orderly list of what was in the uh, storehouse and what was taken out and when it was brought back. They were very uh, detailed men here. And some of them also were appointed to oversee the vessels and all the instruments of the sanctuary and the fine flour and the wine and the oil and the frankincense and the spices. So this was their job to oversee the work of the temple. They also helped with the distribution of holy things. In uh, 2 Chronicles, now, chapter 31 and verse 14. Go to 2 Chronicles. Most all the uh, references to porters will be in 1 Chronicles or 2 Chronicles. But in 2 Chronicles, chapter 31 and verse number 14. And Cori, the son of uh, Imna, the Levite, the porter toward the east, was over the freewill offerings of God to distribute the oblations of the Lord 
and the most holy things. And so uh, whenever there was things that needed to be distributed, they did that job. They also acted as messengers. You remember when you had the lepers who wander into the camp uh, of the Syrians and they find that it's empty and there's been this famine? Uh, what do these lepers do? They say, if we hold our peace, it will not be well for us. Uh, we need to go tell uh, uh, that... Uh, there is this food, there is this bounty. And so they went to the city and they talked to the porter who was watching the gate. And they said, the Syrians are gone. There's food. Uh, there's water. Uh, would you go tell the king? And so the porters were the messengers who went and told the king, uh, being that they were the ones that kept the door. As well... The porters were apparently responsible for the maintenance of the house of God. Uh, you know, things require upkeep. Uh, they do not keep themselves. And it takes time. It takes effort. It takes uh, also a, a sense of uh, uh, watchfulness to make sure that things are properly maintained. And in uh, 1 Chronicles 26 and verse number 27, we read this about the uh, maintenance of the uh, temple. It says, Out of the spoils won in battles did they dedicate to maintain the house of God. When Israel would go out to war and they conquered their enemies, they would always take and spoil the enemy. Whatever was left behind of the dead... Uh, or of the deserted, uh, they would then take these riches, or we'd call them maybe booty, and they'd take them back. And the porters were responsible for carrying the spoils. Uh, a, a certain percentage would be tithed to the Lord. And uh, they would use this to help maintain the house of God. And so they had this... Uh, uh, job that they had to do. Now, so that's the duties of the porters. Uh, they basically were uh, men who did what would be considered a lot of menial tasks, but tasks that were very essential. You may not think that, you know, the janitor's a very important job, but uh, you don't have a janitor who sweeps the floor and who tidies the chairs and uh, who uh, make sure that the bathrooms are clean, uh, you'll notice it soon. Uh, oftentimes, the work that the porters would do would be taken for granted, uh, and uh, people would not notice. And in our churches, oftentimes, a lot of the background work, people never, never notice. Uh, and uh, we need to be mindful of the time and effort that other people do. And so they gave of themselves. Now, on the next page here, I want us to consider uh, next year some of the qualities of the porters. Not only do we have a job description given in the Bible, 
But, and this is especially important here, the qualities of these porters. First of all, they were referred to as mighty men of valor. Uh, for instance, in uh, 1 Chronicles 26 and verse number 6, look here. It says, 1 Chronicles 26, 6. Also unto Shemaiah, his sons were born sons that ruled throughout the house of their father. And they were mighty men of valor. Mighty men of valor. Well, what's a mighty man of valor? Valor is having character and courage. Courage without character is dangerous. Uh, but you need to have character and courage. And so they were mighty men of valor. They were not afraid to stand up for what was right. They were not afraid to exercise their authority when it needed to be exercised. If they had to go to battle, they would go to battle. They didn't pick a fight, but they would not allow uh, innocent people to be harmed without protection. And so there were mighty men of valor, men of character and courage. Secondly, because these porters acted as security and these porters carried uh, things from one place to another, uh, they were noted as being men of strength. Look at uh, uh, 1 Chronicles 26, 7 now. The next verse, it says, The sons of Shemamiah, Othni, and Raphael, and Obed, and Eliza, or Elzabad, whose brethren were strong men, Elihu and Shemachiah. They were strong men. Now, I could imagine this order of porters, they probably uh, had training, and they probably did regular uh, physical exercise. And uh, they wanted to be in top-notch physical condition. They were strong men. Uh, in uh, 1 Chronicles 26 and verse number 8, it says they were able men of strength. Look at verse number 8 there now. And all, the, all these, the sons of Obed-Edom, they were, they and their sons and their brethren, able men for strength for the service, were threescore and two of Obed-Edom. Obed-Edom was one of the fathers. Remember uh, during the time of King David, uh, where uh, they uh, bought the place for the sacrifice, it was Obed-Edom's land. And uh, so, and he was one of the porters and his descendants became porters as well. So there were men of strength. And that uh, shows us that it's good to make sure that we're physically active and that we try to keep our bodies in good physical condition. Another uh, quality of the porters, Zechariah, one of the porters, he was called a wise counselor. Look at number 14, verse number 14 in First Chronicles 26. And the lot eastward fell to uh, Shemaliah, or, or Shemaiah, uh, saying these Hebrew names, 
uh, is a challenge here. And uh, a lot of times uh, pastors were noted for murdering their pronunciation of these names. Uh, but, uh, uh, and it, this is, uh, then for Zechariah, his son, a wise counselor, they cast lots and his lot came out northward. He was a wise counselor. And so uh, here they were noted as people who could give good advice. Now, how do you become a wise counselor? The best way to become a wise counselor is to learn the scriptures. Because the scriptures are full of wisdom, especially the book of Proverbs. Uh, as you learn God's truth and as you walk with the Lord, you gain wisdom. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so these uh, obviously were wise men, godly men. Uh, if you needed some advice, you could go to one of the porters and say, could you give me some advice uh, I need to make a decision. I need to do something. And what should I do? Several of the porters were noted as being especially blessed by God. Because they were godly men. Because they were serving God. Uh, God had blessed them. He blessed them with children. He blessed them with other blessings in their life as well. Then, seeing that these porters were in charge of the treasuries and other responsibilities they had to be trustworthy and faithful men uh, you don't want the fox watching the hen house and you don't want a person who's not faithful and who's not honest being in charge of the treasuries uh, it must be a man who is committed to absolute honesty and absolute faithfulness. And uh, it's interesting, the Bible talks about finding a person faithful. That has the thought of this. Unannounced and unexpected, you look in on a person and you see if they're doing their job. You should not have to be warned, the boss is coming by today or the inspector is coming by today. Look sharp. No, at any time, the boss or the inspector should be able to look in on you and find you doing what you're supposed to be doing. At any time, the books should be able to be audited. And uh, the books are found to be in order. Oftentimes, though, we find out the opposite, that people have been unfaithful. They've not been doing their jobs. They've been dishonest. They've been taking advantage of the position that they have. So they were trustworthy and faithful men. And as mentioned already, considering that the porters carried things to and fro from the storehouses and were responsible for keeping the storehouse, they had to be orderly men. Uh, when we think about order, remember the old saying, a place for everything and everything in its place. Uh, uh, I like order. I, I have a shop that I work in, and I have a place for everything in the shop. Now, and uh, you guys that are mechanics or have shops, you know what this is. You have somebody that comes into your shop and they want to borrow a tool. And uh, 
what do they sometimes forget to do? To put the tool back where it belongs. Now, you can put it back somewhere in the shop, but if you don't put it back where it belongs, it's just as if it was lost. Why? Because you'll spend a half an hour looking for this tool when it's time to work. And you feel like half your day has been spent just hunting for things. And I have a young man that I'm mentoring, and I say, when you get a tool, I want you to memorize the drawer that you got it out of and the place in the drawer that it goes. And you are to put it back exactly where you found it. Because I don't want to have to go hunting for it. You need to be a person of order. And so take time to get organized, but then be a person of order and things will go much smoother. It takes a little bit of time and investment to put things in the proper place, but it will save you mountains of time in the future. So they had to be people of good order. I want you to note also that being a porter was a job, although it was not oftentimes recognized as being that essential, like, you know, uh, you weren't a singer, you weren't a musician, you didn't get to give the sacrifice, you weren't in the public eye very much. You were working behind the scenes. Yet it was a job that you could be thankful for. Note uh, what we read here about the porters. In Psalm 84, in verse number 10, we read this, For a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Better to be just a doorkeeper than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Psalm 134, verse 1 says this, Behold, Bless ye the Lord, all ye servants of the Lord, which by night stand in the house of the Lord. And so it was a place of blessing. Now, notice it says, by night they stand in the house of the Lord. The, the porters had to be there 24-7. In other words, there was always a shift of porters, day and night, taking care of the city and taking care of the temple. As I've mentioned already, there were Levites who gave sacrifices. There were Levites who were musicians. Uh, there were Levites who were teachers. Uh, and the porters weren't noted for their teaching ability. They weren't noted for their singing ability. But they were noted for their faithfulness. And uh, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 4.2, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Bob Jones Sr. said this, The greatest ability is dependability. And whatever job you have in the church or in the workplace, the best ability you can have is dependability. A few years ago, I was talking to a man who uh, was in charge of training people at Nate. And I said to him, what are employers looking for? 
And he says, you know, the thing that employers are looking for is not necessarily skill these days. They can train that. They're looking for a guy who will show up for work on time and that would do what he's told. That's very elementary, you know, showing up for work and following orders. And they said, if you have that quality, then we can train you to do other things. But if you don't show up for work, and if you won't do what you're told, you're completely useless. And so be dependable. Now, if you're going to do something here in the church, what you need to do is you need to do it faithfully. And I want you to uh, think about uh, what you could do. Now, in our church operation, how could we make application of the porters to the New Testament church? Well, the porters would serve at various jobs such as being ushers, being treasurers, custodians, providing security. And without them, of course, the work of God could not function. And we need people in our local churches to do things like this. Now, a lot of times, uh, there's things that go undone because nobody's going to thinks to nobody thinks to do them, or they're not done very well because the pastor is doing it all. For years, when I was the senior pastor. It usually befell me to make sure that the church building was locked up every service. I would oftentimes be talking to people right to the very end, and nobody thought about locking up. So I had to go through the routine of uh, making sure that all the windows were closed, all the doors were closed, all the lights were turned off, go in all the washrooms, make sure the taps were turned off, make sure that a toilet was not left running, and then finally lock it up and go home. Now, maybe I should have asked somebody, would you do this for me? But, you know, it had to be done. And so I did it. But uh, I don't know how it is in this church here, but does Pastor Rice, does he have to lock up the building every time? Or is there somebody that takes that responsibility? It'd be good to do that. Is there somebody who makes sure that between services... The chairs are tidy and the songbooks are tidy. Is there somebody that between services goes into the washrooms and just makes sure that everything is in order there? Is there somebody who goes around during the service outside and provides security, makes sure that all the vehicles are okay, that nobody's doing something that they shouldn't be doing? You know, there's so many things that could be done. Is there anybody that gives thought to the nursery? Do you, if you're a lady, do you volunteer from time to time? Say, I'd be glad to take a shift, especially if it's in most, like most nurseries, there's a few that are overworked and underappreciated. And maybe you could say, you know, I could take a, a shift and relieve them from time to time. Uh, and, and you think of uh, all the different things that happen in a church building and in a ministry. And you could maybe say, you know, pastor, is there anybody that does this? Could I 
do this. Now, if you're going to do it, do it faithfully. Don't do it one Sunday and forget about the next three. But say, you know, I'm going to do it. And then if there's some reason why you can't do it that particular Sunday, find somebody to do it for you uh, so that this does not get overlooked. And so be like this porter. Give your time and energy in some area of God's work. Now, of all the spiritual gifts and all the areas of ministry that we read about in the Bible, there's not one gift called pew warming. And that's what most people do. They just keep about 18 inches of pew warm. Uh, do more than that. Uh, be involved in the work of God. And you know, if everybody does something, uh, then nothing will lack and it will be properly provided for. And one last thought I want to share with you is this. For those that do take care of security, for those that do usher, for those that do open the doors, those that lock up, those that tidy, those that watch the nursery, um, those that keep the building maintained, be sure to recognize them and, and uh, show your appreciation. You, know, you may say to the janitor, you know, I sure appreciate how that you keep this building spotless. Uh, I appreciate when you walk in the washrooms, they always smell nice and fresh. And they're always well supplied. Uh, the uh, nursery, you know, I appreciate how well uh, this is organized and, and how it's taken care of. Uh, the the uh, doorman, you say, I appreciate, uh, you know, you faithfully doing this and, and uh, greeting with a smile and making a person feel welcome uh, as they come into the house of God. And so give your uh, blessing your recognition to those who are serving. All right, so that's the porters. They were, again, these Levites that worked oftentimes behind the scenes, but they made the work of God go forward. And so we can make this application to us. And as you read through your Bible, when you come across a porter again, you say, I know who that is, and I know what he does. And... Uh, uh, that's uh, somebody that we could uh, have use of in our churches today. All right, any uh, questions? We've got just a couple minutes. All right, okay. Well, we'll uh, then be dismissed till we begin our... Oh, question in the back. Yes. Uh, well, there, there'd be two things. One, if your father was a porter, you may be a porter. Oftentimes you followed your father's footsteps. Uh, but we're not told how they were trained, but just that they could not begin till they're 25 years of age. And so uh, th they were a Levite from birth. So I would think, uh, like many of the Jewish people, they were taught the scriptures. 
uh, very well. And then they were probably trained by the older Levites uh, who you know, were over the age of 50, and they were trained for their position. You could imagine, too, like any kind of military type of thing, you had drills, uh, and you had exercises that you went through. And I could imagine they'd go through some area, uh, scenarios, you know, uh, uh, let's do this and uh, do it well and so that you don't have to think about what to do when a situation happens. You just know it because of your training. So we're not told, but I think, you know, looked at, looking at our life, this is probably how it was done. All right. Okay. Any other questions? All right. Okay. We will uh, take a break and then we begin our morning service at 11.15. Okay, good. <laughs> 